Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing divorcing a narcissist. So when divorcing a narcissist, you are going to most certainly be ripping open their deepest and core wounds, their childhood wounds, their wounds of rejection, abandonment, and helplessness. Now, this is something that's going to evoke incredible guilt and shame of a narcissistic abuser. And as a result, they're going to have their strongest retaliation towards you, toward, against you. So the intention of a narcissistic perpetrator when it comes to divorce is to cause maximum harm. And uh, this is all part of the desire for revenge on you for, for causing them this harm, even though ultimately it's not you, it's them having these wounds. So it's important to be aware of this in order to navigate, navigate this tricky terrain uh, appropriately and effectively. So here are some of the things that you can expect when you are divorcing a narcissistic perpetrator, a narcissistic partner. Uh, firstly, is that the children will be used as pawns and they will be used against you to hurt you. So narcissistic abusers are very aware of what's important to you, what matters most, and things that are closest to the heart. And nothing uh, is closer to the heart than that of, of a child, of our children. So therefore, they're going to want to use the child to hurt you, groom them against you, uh, make you out to be the bad parent, and, and, and ultimately uh, you want to be aware of this so that you can, you can see it happening and not get pulled into the game. Next. Everything gets leveraged. So this is power. This is money. This is this is time. This is this is your schedule. Everything is going to be used to to control you, to exploit you. And so therefore, if there's something that can be used against you, uh, you can expect that it will be attempted to be used against you. So very important to be aware of when it comes to communicating and negotiating with a narcissistic abuser. There is no such thing as making peace. Everything will ultimately be exploited. Next is using the law against you. Uh, now, the judicial system is not necessarily equipped with the awareness to protect against narcissistic abusers and ultimately narcissistic lawyers who are more than happy to try to use the court and the, the unawareness to exploit. So this is why it's, it's very important to find somebody who you can, who you can uh, confide in, in, in a lawyer who ultimately understands the game so that they do not get duped by the manipulations and ultimately try to use the law against you to, to leverage whatever it is they're trying to, to leverage. And also narcissistic abusers are more than happy and comfortable lying. And so it's important to understand that you will probably be met with a whole host of scapegoating, uh, libels, and making you out to be the problem. And, uh, and, and lying will certainly be one of the things that they'll do to try to sway the courts to, to make you look bad and against you. And the next thing is guilting and shaming and bullying you into submission or agreeing to bad deals, bad contracts. Now, this is usually done by using your own emotions against you. So what they're trying to do is to intimidate you, to back down, to feel fear. And when you feel fear, uh, when you, you'll ultimately submit to the bully, right? Bullies smell fear and they ultimately can, can identify ways in which you will back down. Ultimately, they, they've been in a relationship with with you for, for, for years, oftentimes, and maybe even decades. And so they're aware of your nuances and how to push your buttons. And we'll talk shortly about how to develop non-reactivity and why that's so important when it comes to protecting yourself. 
So now here are a thing, a couple of things to keep in mind when it comes to uh, divorcing an artist. A couple, a couple of key points. Firstly, like I mentioned, non-reactivity. This is a life skill that is one of the first life skills on the healing journey, and this is really something that, in this instance specifically, will save your life. So when a narcissistic abuser is trying to hurt you, they will ultimately try need to get in touch with your emotions and your reactivity. Because if they do that, if they can control your emotions and you are controlled by your emotions, ultimately by proxy, they will be able to control you. So it's important to develop non-reactivity and uh, see the game being played and just not come at it from an emotional place uh, and ultimately come at it through, through uh, intellectually almost, almost like a business deal, right? And this is this leads to the idea of speaking to the need. So. You don't want to get caught up in caught up in the, in the emotional game and the drama and the chaos. And when you are relating, when you're communicating or, or negotiating negotiating with a narcissist, they're going to try to make chaos. They're going to try to create distractions, diversions, and uh, and ultimately induce as much drama and chaos again to throw you off, to throw you off of the awareness of what they're doing, and ultimately to to exploit and to hurt. So it's important to work on life skills, less such as non-reactivity, staying present. And, and working on present moment awareness and working with the emotion as it shows up, right? If, if an emotion gets triggered, instead of letting it control you and, and identifying with it and then giving your power away, just working with the emotion inwardly and ultimately staying in your power in the present moment. And when this is done, it's way more easy to respond in a way that works with the actual issue at hand. And so you can respond to the issue at hand and, and resolve it in a way that works best for you in your favor as opposed to letting the emotions carry you away and getting pulled into a, a desire for revenge or, or, or ultimately uh, uh, to hurt back, right? Now, it's important to understand that the, the narcissist, like I mentioned, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hack and attack uh, your weaknesses. So it's important to, as a result of that, to own your shadows, your weaknesses, your wounds. And when you do this, you assure that the narcissistic abuser cannot use these things against you. This includes your unmet needs. And this is very difficult. This, is, this really is, is, especially in this terrain, when you feel like you're in a war zone and, and having bullets fly at you and trying to, trying to attack you um, from, from people, uh, not just the narcissist, the narcissist flying monkeys, let's say the lawyers or even, even uh, the children. Um, but it's so important to keep your composure. Uh, and work on this life skill. The better you get at this life skill, the better you can you can battle this uh, this this uh, the narcissistic abuser in the divorce. So this is this is in a relationship to the narcissistic abuser, but also in the relationship to your children. So when you're divorcing a narcissist, and there's children who are using being used as a tool against you by the narcissistic abuser, being groomed to hurt you, it's important to to see that see the bullet so to speak as it's coming and uh and and see the child as a victim too and do what you can to not get defensive towards the child they're unaware of how they're being used and uh and ultimately you don't want to turn the child back around against the narcissistic abuser because ultimately this cements the child in their role as a weapon so uh you, you want to do your best metaphorical matrix impersonation where you sort of dodge the bullet by not reacting to the child but seeing what's actually going on uh sort of jumping out of the way and, and understand that the child it is as well a victim and by being non-reactive and then validating the child and their hurts and speaking to their specific needs and their struggle will allow you to do what you can to defuse uh, the attack uh, of the child being used against you. Now, it's important to remember that that when it comes to divorce, it, it's very often, especially for codependent or, or empaths and we're sensitive and we're, we're, we're people pleasers, right? Um, or we're wounded, then it's very common to think, okay, well, the divorce is, is something that I failed. You know, it's my fault. And, and we oftentimes use, uh, feel shameful and guilty. And that's usually something narcissists will love to use against you. You know, it's your fault that this is happening. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Here are my thoughts on when it comes to divorcing a narcissist. There are, in many ways, it's a reflection of your growth 
and the process of shedding old layers. You know, when a narcissist leaves your life, essentially you've, you've learned the lessons, right? The narcissist came into your life to teach you lessons, maybe gratitude, humility, boundaries, self-love, uh, self-acceptance. So the fact that you're the narcissistic abuser is leaving your life uh, spiritually, uh, this is usually an indication that you're ready to level up, that you're that shedding old layers that no longer serve you. So it's not about you not being able to maintain a relationship. So if that's a core belief, if that's a critic, you definitely wanna, wanna challenge that. Um, there was nothing you can do to maintain this relationship, uh, a relationship with a narcissist, because in many ways, the whole relationship was, was a fraud and, and it was a setup for failure. And narcissistic abusers do not have the capabilities to have a healthy interconnected relationship because ultimately they have no sense of self and it really is about the supply. And that's that's not a relationship, that's, that's abuse, that's exploitation. Next point is, is that you are gonna be shown what the narcissistic abuser was doing the entire relationship covertly, and they're gonna reveal their true intentions by the way they behave, and ultimately they're gonna show their colors and their, their, their entire manipulation and their game. This is the idea that as you leave, they're gonna to try to attack you one last time, but when they do, they're actually, without realizing it, revealing their inner thoughts, their intentions, and manipulations. So use the last launching attacks as they do express uh, what they were really doing the entire time to just be aware that, that that was the dynamics of the whole relationship. They're not now just deciding to treat you like crap and hurt you. They've been doing this the whole time, but it's been un it's been uh, uh, very secretive. It's been quiet. It's been covert. So now that you have that awareness, again, you can protect yourself by realizing that uh, you're not in a relationship with someone who would do these things. And that's that's a good thing. That's a blessing. That's 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 where you find your peace. The next point is, is that the narcissist abuser are trying to destroy you and, and hurt you after a divorce like this and, and using ex despicable means. It's really not about you. And it might feel like it is. It definitely will feel like it's personal. Uh, it, really what it is about them losing their supply and their addiction to power and control over you. So while the things that are being said are tremendously hurtful and they seem personal because they are personal attacks, uh, usually it's a reenactment of their unresolved traumas from childhood, usually them against their parent. Uh, and, and while tremendously hurtful, you know, do what you can to not take it personally and, uh, and see it as a, as a child who's just hurt, who's been shamed and just retaliating uh, against, against uh, uh, someone who uh, in their life maybe, or did that early on, let's say a parent. Now, it will seem very unfair as your children are forced to undergo uh, being triangulated and being hurt, and being used as a pawn and having to go through this. And you may be tempted to explain to your child that the offending parent is a narcissist. Now, while there is certainly a desire to do this and while it might make sense, my suggestion is not to do this because it becomes even more confusing for the child who's already being abused and tormented by the offending parent. So my suggestion in this instance is to work on yourself. Go on a healing journey, focus on yourself, and this is the best thing you can do for them, right? When, when a child is being abused in this instance, it, it, if they have one parent who is conscious, who is healthy, present, and compassionate, it definitely mitigates the damage significantly. Now, even if you are painted as the bad guy, let's say the narcissistic abuser is successfully able to paint the child against you by continuously focusing on yourself, being present, holding space without judgment, and, and being there for their needs as best as you could uh, without taking it personally. Again, very difficult, not easy, but if we can work on that and do that, uh, eventually the they will hopefully grow up and see the abuse for what it is, and uh, they'll ultimately be asking questions, and when they do, uh, they will be it'll be very evident that you are the parent who truly cares, and ultimately you are not the perpetrator. In addition, when you are aware of the healing journey because you've gone through it, you can always influence them. You can plant seeds uh, in the child and ultimately allow them to, to be guided and influenced by your own healing and by someone who in yourself is now much more healed and more aware, more present, more compassionate. And this is something uh, when they do decide to eventually, if they do reach out because they want to do their own healing, you'll have a process. You'll understand the process of healing. You'll be very much able to influence them and guide them along that way 
as well. It's so important as well to find support for yourself. Uh, you do not need to fight this battle alone. There are people who can help you, validate you, support you, friendships, coaching, healing, uh, healers, and people just to keep you on the straight and narrow because a lot of times what happens is that a partner is getting so abused in the divorce that they just go back into the relationship because they just can't handle the abuse and then they get trauma bonded more and more. So it's so important to find support. Uh, the way I see it, the equation I have it is if there's, if there's a 1% chance of going back into the relationship when you're being abused during a divorce, there is a 100% chance of going back. So any, any, any attempt to go back or any, any will only really give the narcissist more and more leverage because they'll now learn how you could escape and then they'll further try to, to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So it's important to find your support system and there really has to be a 100% intention of leaving with absolutely no, uh, almost like I will die before I go back sort of attitude. And when that happens, uh, no matter how painful it is at the end of the day, anything is better than being in a relationship where you are being exploited narcissistically and you are in essence a slave. Next is don't expect fairness or equality. There is no negotiating, all right? In, in a sense, it's negotiating with terrorists when you're negotiating with narcissists. So uh, being nice, right, and compromising, it really doesn't exist. You may try to, let's say, give in just to keep the peace, but the narcissist, he doesn't want, he or she doesn't want peace. They want destruction. It's a fight that you didn't choose, but ultimately, you know, sadly, you find yourself in, and it's important to see it for what it is and not be deceived and think it's really anything but that. It's a psychological and spiritual warfare with the way I see it, an aim to, to cause you to back down and submit and ultimately to, to be destroyed. In addition, a lot of people who are victims of narcissistic abuse, when they leave the relationship, they feel like they've lost. They feel like uh, the narcissist won, right? They leave with, leave with all the things or all the, all the, all the, good, all the, uh, the assets. But in reality, you know, it's important to understand that you not reacting and not fighting back uh, it, or lowering your dignity to, to play in the mud with a narcissistic abuser, that's true winning. True winning is inner peace. And so my advice to you is, is to work towards that, work towards peace in every possible way. And as a result, you will win in the long run. Uh, the way I see it, the ego sees the injustices and, and you not being uh, in, a, in a, let's say a financial situation or, or a political situation or, or uh, feeling uh, like you've lost, right? The ego sees it in terms of winner and loser, but in reality, uh, to lose the battle and, and win the war is the idea here, is that walking away with your dignity and never compromising your authenticity and then developing inner peace is how you win right? You, you win when you stay in your power, when you walk away with you, with your dignity. And like I said, you mentioned that, that, that inner, you uh, develop that inner peace. And this is the very thing that the narcissistic abuser is, they can't stand that about you. And they want to destroy that. And it is the very thing that they lack within. So when you can hold your power, uh, hold your peace, stay in your power and, and really uh, be there for yourself, that really is how we, how we win. Uh, so that would ultimately mitigate the feelings of feeling like, a, like you lost. Next is find lawyers who understand narcissistic abuse. You know, this is a this is a battle that is very nuanced, it's very subtle, and this could this could be really very very important. So, a lawyer who understands the sick mind of a narcissist can can really be a game changer, and there are not so many available, but ultimately if you can find somebody who can support you in this way and go into the courtroom with that awareness, that could be hugely a, a huge help, a huge asset uh, in the courtroom. And finally, this is more of a spiritual one, and this is sort of a, a one that's worked personally, so I'll share it. It's elicit the help of your spirit guides, angels, higher self, you know, God, etc. For me personally, no matter what I went through, I, not necessarily divorcing from a narcissist, but walking away from a narcissist, uh, it, it's quite similar. And, and when, I was, when I called upon my higher self, right, through meditation, let's say prayer, no matter how dark it got, I was always assisted, helped, guided, and healed. 
So um, I'm not talking about being a religious person, just someone who can tap into higher consciousness and, and your higher self and, and, and the God of your understanding, right? These avenues are going to assist you when called upon. Uh, so do what you can uh, to tap into the, the higher, higher consciousness and connect with the God of your understanding. And uh, it only really helps. Uh, th these, these, these avenues can only really help you if you, if you choose it, if you, uh, if you try to, if you set the intention, ultimately attempt to elicit that help. And that can ultimately be an, a wonderful guide out of the extreme darkness that is a relationship with a narcissist, but ultimately leaving leaving a narcissistic abuser. So I really hope that this podcast episode resonated with you. If you're divorcing a narcissist, if you are someone who is struggling to divorce a narcissist, it would be an absolute honor to uh, help you and walk you through this terrain so that you can really cut the cords and never look back, learn the life's lessons and, and heal so we don't ever attract a narcissistic abuser who we have to eventually divorce again. You know, the idea is that when we attract narcissists, it's, it's there to teach us something. It's there to show us something and mirror back something within us. So when we heal our wounds and when we dismantle false programs and we become whole and healthy, then ultimately we don't need that mirror. So we won't attract a narcissist who will ultimately be someone who will most certainly make divorcing them a living hell. So feel free to reach out directly to me if this is something you need help with. My email is yitz, Y-I-T-Z at magnoliahealingcenter.com. You can reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. I want to thank you all so very much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best.